Grab your Bible, turn with me to Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20. This is the chapter we've been waiting on. Thank the Lord. This is a great chapter. Uh, while you're turning, Revelation chapter number 20, uh, I, want to, I want to make an announcement. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a meeting. Uh, I'm going to be taking a group of people to Israel next year, 2020, at the end of next year. And if you're interested in going, there's a sign-up sheet uh, uh, on, at 411. If you'd like more information about that, we're going to be having a meeting about that. And uh, I'm doing it next year toward the end of the year to give people a chance to uh, save their money or raise the money, whatever they want to do to, to go. And uh, I promise you, it will change your life. It will make the Bible come alive when you read it. So if you're interested in that, stop by 411 and uh, sign up and uh, we'll get in touch with you. And uh, also, don't forget foundations. If you've been thinking about joining up, you've been thinking about uh, learning more about Temple, our foundations class is going to be this Sunday at 1 o'clock down in the rock, and they put they even put what's for lunch. Lunch is beef tips, rice pilaf, vegetable medley, and a dinner roll. And de- desserts are various and delicious. <laughs> I'm just reading what, I, what they wrote, amen? Uh, so, now this is for uh, those who are not members. <clears throat> Let me say it again. If, you, if you've been members for several years, you're not re-foundationing yourself, amen? Uh, but seriously, if, if, you are, if you are interested and you've been thinking about that, you feel like that, that this may be the place for you, Foundations is this Sunday at 1 o'clock down in the Rock. You can call Belisa at the office or sign up at 411 either way and get more information about that. All right. Has everybody found their spot in Revelation chapter number 20? All right. Let's, let's start in verse number 1. Verse number 1. <clears throat> And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now let's just stop right there and say glory. glory. No, no, you don't. He, he must not bother you like he bothers me. Let's try that again. Let's say glory. glory. Yes. Binding the Satan. Binding the devil, binding the dragon, thank the Lord. Cast him into the bottomless pit. Shut him up. And say, man, that just sounds good, amen? And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. That sounds good. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, 
where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne for him and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Uh, Lord, this is a glorious chapter, but it's a sobering chapter. Lord, I pray that you will open our minds, open our hearts, and deliver unto us your word in such a way that we can all comprehend it, we can all understand it. Uh, Lord, it's simple. It's simple. It is such that a child can understand. And I pray that you'll help us to see that. I pray that your perfect will be done. Thank you for all those that are out tonight. Lord, they, they can be a million other places, but they're here to hear you. And they, they're here to hear you speak to them. And I pray that we'll hear from the shepherd tonight. And I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Just by way of introduction, I want to read uh, from a commentary. Just to kind of to, to intro into this particular chapter about the, tri- the, uh, the, the millennial reign of Christ. The tribulation is over. Uh, the battle of Armageddon has taken place. Uh, and imagine this. Imagine a world dominated by righteousness and goodness. A world where there is no injustice. Where no court ever renders an unjust verdict. And where everyone is treated fairly. Imagine a world where what is true, right, and noble marks every aspect of life including interpersonal relationships, commerce, education, and government. Imagine a world where there is complete, total, enforced, and permanent peace, where joy abounds and good health prevails, so much so that people live for hundreds of years. Imagine a world where the curse is removed, where the environment is restored to the pristine purity of the Garden of Eden, where peace reigns even in the animal kingdom, so that the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young uh, goat and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little boy has the ability to lead them. Imagine a world ruled by a perfect and glorious ruler who instantly and firmly deals with sin. Humanly speaking, that description may seem far-fetched, a utopian fantasy that could never be reality, yet it accurately describes conditions during the future earthly kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The restored and radically reconstructed earth of the millennial kingdom will constitute paradise regained. The thousand year reign of the savior of the earth is the divinely planned and promised culmination of all the redemptive history and the realization of the hope of all the saints of the ages. The millennial kingdom is called by many names in scripture. In Matthew 19, 28, Jesus calls it the regeneration. Acts three nineteen describes the kingdom as a time of refreshing. While verse 21 of that chapter calls it the period of restoration of all things. 
I don't know about you, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. So far in, in Revelation, we have covered horrifying judgments, horrifying tragedies taking place upon this earth, judgments raining upon sinners, raining upon the unbelievers and the unrepentant. We are seeing God bringing justice and judgment upon this earth. And we seen last week, we saw the, the battle of Armageddon, the final battle, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, with the armies in heaven. And, and now we are here to see what he's returning to, what he's returning for. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, in order to go into chapter number 20, I, I need to tell you what's happened so far. All right. In Armageddon, in Armageddon, we see that all of God's enemies are removed. If you'll remember, if we'll go back and look at 19 in, in verse number, uh, let's see, verse number 19, 19, 19. When you get there, say amen. amen. 19, 19. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and him with him, the false prophet. Those were the two ringleaders, right? During the tribulation period. Okay, they were taken, the one that wrought miracles before him, which, uh, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped the image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, say amen. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all of the fowls were filled with their flesh. So all the armies of the earth that came against Christ have been killed here in the battle of Armageddon. Now... There's another thing that takes place, all right? We find the judgment of the sheep nations and the goat nations. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, real quickly. Matthew chapter number 25. This is where God is separating, uh, basically, I mean in easier terms, God is separating all those that have taken the mark and all those that haven't. Those that endured and, and lived and survived uh, uh, during the tribulation period in other words, he's going to deal with all the unregenerated, all the unredeemed, and he's going to, all the nations are coming, okay? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now look in verse 31. Verse 31. All right. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. The saved, right. The unsaved, left. The redeemed, right. The unredeemed, those who have taken the mark of the beast during the tribulation, on the left. And it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous, then shall the what? Righteous. Answer him, say. Now remember, remember when we say that word righteous, always remember the only way somebody can say that is to have the righteousness of Christ. We do not own or we do not have our own righteousness. Our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes. 
The righteousness that is declared here is the righteousness of the Son of God that was given to us by... Are y'all with me? So the righteous answered him and said, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the kingdom shall answer and say unto them, or the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the, the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto what? Life eternal. Now, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, 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 I read several, several different commentaries in, in looking at ideas, and some uh, in, insinuate that the people, the, the person who says that you fed me and you clothed me and you gave me to drink, and you visited me in prison, it is talking about the treatment in this, this person's eyes. They believe that it's talking about the treatment of the 144,000 Jewish witnesses while they were here on this earth. In other words, if you took the, if you took the mark of the beast, you would turn one in or you would mistreat them. But if you were a believer and you were enduring the tribulation period, you would do everything you can to protect these witnesses. The, are y'all with me? And, and so now whether that's exactly uh, the deal, I don't know, but I do know this, God is going to separate everybody. Jesus, when he returns to this earth, he's going to separate all the unsaved and all the saved, all of those who have taken the mark of the beast and all of those who endured to the end and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and were more than conquerors, they are going to be separated and he will execute all of those who have taken the mark of the beast and they will be damned. They will be condemned. So what we're seeing here is God is going to remove all of the bad influence. He's going to remove Satan, which we'll see in just a moment. He's going to tie him up, chain him for a thousand years. He's removed the Antichrist and the false prophet and all of the unsaved. So the only people going into the new kingdom... In other words, this earth, the, earth, the millennial kingdom of Christ, his earthly reign will be redeemed people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, here's one thing you got to remember, though. Some of the people, some of the people are going to be in an unglorified body. And some will be in a glorified body. You say, preacher, what in the world are you talking about? How many of y'all know the Bible says in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. We shall be changed. The mortal shall put on immortality, right? The corruptible shall put on incorruption. We're going to have a glorified body. What does that look like? It will look like Christ's body. It does not yet appear. I think this is first John chapter uh, two or chapter three, maybe it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we see him, we shall be like him. Amen. 
We're going to have a glorified body in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the resurrection, at the rapture. Are y'all with me? Yes, 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 yes. That's going to be great. I will have a perfect body. No more imperfections. No more blood pressure. No more need for hearing aids. Amen? No more need. None of that. I'll have a body, a perfect body, like it was intended in the beginning, in the beginning of creation. But there's going to be folks that are going to go into the kingdom that will still be living during the tribulation. And they will still have a mortal body like, are y'all with me? This is what I'm trying to explain. In other words, when this takes place, when this takes place, all those that have come with Christ in heaven, who will they be? The Old Testament saints, the church, the bride of Christ, and the, and the people who have died and gone to heaven during the tribulation period. All of that group will have a glorified body. They will have a glorified body. Now, the rest, the rest on earth will be just like us today. All right? And they'll, 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 they'll have families. They'll reproduce. They'll have children. And, and all of those, all of those with the glorified bodies are going to be ruling all of those without it. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But anyway, I need you to get that in your head so you can understand the kingdom in the time of, of Christ's reign here on this earth. All right? Now, does everybody understand? Uh, let's, let's, read, let's read verse number one. Let's read verse number one. All right, I'm seeing a bunch of faces looking at me confused. All right, verse number one. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Okay, so you see, Satan is removed, right? Satan's removed. 1919, chapter 19, verse 19 teaches us, and uh, in, in, in the following verses teaches us that also the false prophet and the Antichrist is removed, correct? We know from uh, the goat and the sheep judgments that all the unredeemed are removed. So the only people going into the kingdom are the redeemed. And all God's people say it. Some glorified and some not yet. Is this that makes sense? Say this right here. Okay. All right. Everybody good? Okay. Now, now, if not, go back to the internet and listen to it two more times and you'll get it. All right. All right, let's look at this. Number one, number one. First we see, first we see the removal of Satan and all God's people say it. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Till the thousand years be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. All right? First, we find his captor. We find his captor. Write that down. There are many different, there are many different ideas or opinions of who this is. Some say it's Jesus. Some say it's uh, Michael. Uh, it is a great angel. Uh, I, I tend to think it might be uh, the Lord. This is just a picture of the Lord because he's the greatest on earth, and, and Satan is the greatest created being. Uh, Michael has a hard time with him, and and so I, it, either whatever it is, it's a great enough angel to conquer him, and to put him in the chains that he needs to be in. Uh, uh, but either way, you know, he says he has the key. And if you go back and look at Revelation one eighteen, says, "I am he that liveth." It's talking about Christ. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the, I have the keys of hell and of death. 
And, uh, and so, you know, he's either, he's either delegated this to a specific angel for this purpose, or it may be Christ himself. But either way, thank God, there's going to be somebody strong enough to chain him. He's going to be, he's going to be captured. We see not only his captor, but look at his confinement, his confinement. He's bound a thousand years. He's bound a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. And and this is an abyss. This is separate. This is mentioned many times in scripture. He's separated and he's sealed. That he should what? He should deceive the nations no more. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now let's go back to do this. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. Uh, But if you'll see a little space, I wrote some stuff right here, the the little space right beside the removal of Satan. If you want to write these names down, he's called the dragon. All right. Dragon represents his bestial nature. He's a beast like the lion, right? He's a roaring lion. He's a beast. And this is, this is referencing his ferocity. He is ferocious. He is not a friend. Y'all with me? He's a dragon. Dangerous, fearsome, ferocious. All right, and he's called the serpent. This goes back to him being the tempter. Write that down, tempter. What was he in the garden when he tempted our first parents? The serpent, right? So he's a tempter. All right, then we see that he's called the devil. So he's called a dragon. That represents his bestial nature, his ferociousness, fearsomeness. Uh, serpent, he's the tempter, the devil, this means slanderer, gossip, accuser. What's the Bible say? He's the accuser of our brethren, right? The accuser of the brethren. All right. I see our Gardendale folks back with us. Amen. Good to see y'all. All right. All right. Then we see Satan, Satan. It's called Satan. Satan means adversary. He's your enemy. He's your enemy, right? He's your enemy. So we find uh, a ferocious, tempting, accusing adversary. That kind of sums him up, doesn't it? Now think about all of this that he is, all of this that he's responsible for, and we're not going to have to deal with that for a thousand years. Man, I'm telling you, I can just get hung up in point number one, just shout glory and go home. Amen. But we're not. <clears throat> number two. Number two. First, and now here's the thing too. And look in your notes. Look in your notes under B because this is important. In order for righteousness and peace to rule on this earth, the evil one must be what? He's got to be removed. Before the prince of peace ascends his throne, the prince of darkness will be confined. And basically, this is the point. This is the point where Jesus has taken back what's rightfully his. He's taken back what's rightfully his. All right. Now, let's look in verse number four. And I saw what? Thrones. Thrones. I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, 
The word thrones means judicial seats of regal authority. Now here's, here's, here's two things I want to give you. We not only see the removal of Satan, but look at the reign of saints. The reign of the saints. A, the royalty they reflect. The royalty they reflect. Revelation 1.6 says that he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 2. Do ye not know? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be... This is... 1 Corinthians 6, 2 is where Paul is addressing uh, people in the Corinthian church who are suing each other. They're, they're, they're having problems. They're going to court against each other. They're suing each other. And he says, what are y'all doing? Don't y'all understand? Y'all are going to stand in judgment one day over the, over the people of the earth. God's going to give you power. God's going to give you wisdom and ability. You're here going to judgment. You're going to, you're going to judge the earth. You're not going to stand before a judge. You will be the judge. You can handle this. That's what he's saying. Handle inside the church. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Can't you handle this among yourselves? What Paul is saying. You're going to, and that brings us to B. We not only see the royalty they reflect, but the responsibility they receive. The responsibility they receive. We're going to judge. Now watch this. Watch this. Luke 22, it's right in your notes. Luke 22, 29. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging. Now he's talking to the 12 apostles. Sitting on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now what's going to happen? A lot of people, a lot, I guess because of Hollywood and, and, and stuff that they have seen in books or, 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 or fairy tales or, and, and movies, they think that once a person dies, they, get, they grow wings and they get a harp and they float around in the clouds. They think that's the, that's the extent of the sweet by and by. That is ridiculous. We don't get wings. We don't turn into angels. We're not. We're two totally different created beings. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. But we will return to this earth and we will rule on this earth. Jesus is going to be the supreme king. Are y'all with me? The supreme king. What does it say? He has a name. He has a name. Chapter 19. We, we studied it last week. He's the king of and the Lord of. What's that mean? He's going to be the number one of a bunch of them. I'm going to be King Little K. He's King Capital K. That's what that means. He, in other words, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to reign with him. Are y'all with me? Here on this earth, who are we reigning? Who are we reigning? Who will we be judging? Who will we be ruling? All of those that will live or go into the millennial reign in their mortal bodies and their descendants. Are y'all with me? They're going to still have children. 
They're going to still have families. And imagine how many children they can have and grandchildren they can have and great-grandchildren they can have when they're living the hundred, hundreds of years with no disease and no curse and no crazy people shooting them. Are y'all with me? There's going to be the greatest population explosion of all time during a thousand years and we're going to be judging them. That's what it means. Look what it says. Look what it says. The Bible says, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. In other words, Jesus is going to be on the throne in Jerusalem. And we're going to be scattered over this earth, ruling over this earth. Now, I'm claiming the Bahamas. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just for that, he's probably going to send me to Siberia, you know. But you got to think about it this way. Think about it. I, you know, sometimes when we, when we imagine the future, we imagine, we imagine, you know, we don't look at reality. We're going to be back here on this earth, but in a perfect, are, are y'all with me? This is going to be awesome. Amen. All right. Now, now let's keep reading. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to reign with him. The Bible says they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. All right. Their soul will be in hell and their body will be in the grave. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part. Now, now it says, or let's, let's continue. Let's continue. I got I'm running out of time. Verse six, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. How long? thousand years. Now, this is something, what we're fixing to read right here, this is something I never realized as a kid. I really didn't. I never understood. I, I didn't realize it until I really started studying it and digging. But I, 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 I had this imagination that, that you know, once, once the Armageddon's over with, Jesus comes back, he rules on this earth, and it's the sweet by and by. It's, it's a done deal. It's all good, you know. But that's not so. What we find out is that, I mean, this is a great thousand years. This is wonderful. This is awesome. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a thousand minutes without some temptation. I can't imagine how great that would be, you know? But can you imagine a thousand years never being tempted, never feeling guilty? Never having to feel remorse because you, you are righteous and you, you act righteously. And God, God brings judgment quickly upon the unrighteous or unrighteous acts because he rules with a rod of iron. He's going to be a perfect and righteous judge upon this earth. But he's going to be turned loose. He's going to be loosed again. And, and when, I first, when I first realized that and I first read that, I'm like, why? Can anybody think that too? Why would you do that? I mean, why, why cut it? He's, he's, he's chained, man. It's not like the chain's rusted and he got loose. Why would, it, why, would he, why, would he, why would he do this? Why would you, why would you turn him loose on purpose? 
You know? So, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's keep reading. The Bible says, verse number 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, which we know is what? Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now Jesus, Jesus speaks the word at Armageddon. This time, God's done with it. God sends fire and destroys the whole lot. Now, here's, here's, here's what we got to understand. Number three. We see the removal of Satan, the reign of saints. Then number three, the return of Satan. What do we see? First, A, if you're writing this down, his reality confirmed. His reality confirmed. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Let me, let me just give you B and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. That way we we'll want to come back to it. Write that down. A, his reality confirmed. Then B, his returning calamity. When you're ready, say amen. Why must Satan be released and permitted to return to the earth? Indeed, there must be a reason. Else the necessity of it would not be stated so emphatically. It must be known by all men and angels that time does not change the nature and character of Satan or man. Underline that. Underline that. Time does not change the nature and character of Satan or unregenerated man. Both Satan and human nature are incurably evil and impossible of self-improvement. From Satan's first rebellion to his final rebellion, pride rules his heart. And the destruction of all men who refuse to worship him is his goal. In every dispensation, both the devil and unregenerate man remain what? Unchanged. Unchanged. This is proved conclusively at the end of the millennium. Now, what are we saying? When you get that underlined, look up at him. How many times, how many times do we see psychiatrists and doctors uh, explaining why Somebody did a wicked deed. Oh, he, 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 he acted this way. He killed his parents or he did this or that because of he, w- he was raised in an environment that was conducive to his wickedness or his, his uh, evil deeds. And, and in other words, there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse. It was the friends that he hung around. It was the environment that he was raised in. Uh, uh, if, if there was just, he wasn't educated enough. That's what we're hearing a lot today. We need more education. We need more education. We need to educate the prisoners in the prison system. If they had more education, all that's going to do is make smarter crooks. If you don't change the heart, 
You can stuff the brain all you want to, but it's the heart that leads man to do what they do. And God is setting this up. Now, now, stay with me on this. God is setting this up so that nowhere in the universe can anybody say, by what God does, he's unjust for doing it. In other words, when, when we read about the great white throne judgment, did, did, did you notice? Did you notice? We're all shouting glory, hallelujah. They're going to tie up the devil. They're going to they bind him. Good night in the morning. I can't wait. Let's celebrate. Woo! And, and then we start talking about chunking folks into the, the lake of fire. Did you notice how the atmosphere changed in here? Come on. There wasn't no shouting. There wasn't no amening. When we begin to think of the reality, and, and, and let me help you with something. These people on TV that's telling you that, that, that this punishment and this judgment, that, that, that God won't send anybody to hell, that when, when the unregenerated die, they just die and they disappear, and there's just, that's not true. I, I, I sat there and watched a guy teaching this. That's not biblical. We just read it. We just read it. And when you begin to think of the righteous judgment of God, or let's just say the judgment of God, our human nature wants to cry out, no! Because we don't want to even consider somebody going to hell. Even bad people. What, what do they say? What do they say? How could a loving God send anyone to such a bad place? And this is, this is, this is God proving His righteousness and being righteous for bringing the judgment upon the sinner. Now watch what I'm saying. Watch what I'm saying. Some people have this idea. Some people have this idea. Boy, if you could just bring people back from hell, uh, man, they'd change their ways. I've heard preachers say that. Boy, if they had one more day on this earth, they would get saved then. Satan had a thousand years and he remained what? Come on. Unchanged. Unchanged. You know what, it kind of it brings back the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The story of the rich man and Lazarus. The Bible said that, 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 that Lazarus died and he was carried into Abraham's bosom. Paradise to be comforted. The rich man also died and was buried. It said Lazarus was carried. The rich man was buried. He lived sumptuously every day. He was unregenerate, unredeemed, didn't find a need for God, didn't find a need for salvation. And he opened his eyes in hell. The temporary holding place for those who are without God. And he said, could you just send Lazarus? He may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, no. He said, we can't get to you and you can't get to us. He said, but if you'll remember in your life, you fared sumptuously every day. You had plenty to eat. You had all you wanted. 
And all Lazarus could do was beg for the crumbs that fell from your table. Now he's being comforted and you're in torment. Now watch this. He said, oh, but, but if, you'll just, if you'll just let somebody go back from the dead... If you'll just let somebody go back from the dead and tell my brothers about this awful place so they don't come here. And you know what he said? They have Moses and the prophets. Basically what he's saying, they have the scriptures. He said, even if someone come back from the dead, they would not believe. What happened to Lazarus? Y'all really don't know What happened to Lazarus? He came back from the dead. Do y'all realize that was before the crucifixion? That people saw Lazarus in the tomb for four days to the point he was dead so long he began to stink. And they saw him come back from the dead, yet they still crucified Jesus and decided to crucify him too. Because he was proof. As long as Lazarus is walking around, we ain't going to be able to do nothing with this Jesus guy. And they thought about, they planned to kill him too. What's the point? The heart is desperately wicked. And, and, And Abraham is saying, it don't matter if you do go back from the dead. And what God is proving in the millennial reign, it doesn't matter if Satan was to come back. If anybody came back from hell, they would remain unchanged. The heart is still the same. The heart is still depraved. Well, what about about all them people in the millennial reign? Imagine this, guys. Imagine all those children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and uncles and aunts and cousins and brothers and sisters and all these people that, that live, these millions and millions, the Bible says as the sand of the sea. They live in a perfect environment. They live with a perfect ruler. They live in a perfect society where there is no tempter. There is, there is no temptation. There is, are y'all with me? Imagine that. Imagine a place and a time where, where I mean, it, there is no more perfect environment that you could live in or you could be in, and this is what you grow up in, but yet you, when he is turned loose, your heart is still depraved. You see, these are the people, these are, God is proving that the human heart Even if you had greater education, it can't save you. Even if you had a greater environment, it can't save you. Even if, are are y'all with me? You follow me? And he's going to turn Satan loose to prove, to prove the reality that man at his core is broken and depraved. Does that make sense? Because guess what? They're going to be tired of that rod of iron. At their core, they're going to be prideful. At their core, they're going to be arrogant. At their core, they're not going to be satisfied with the reign of a perfect ruler over them. What does that sound like? Does that not sound like Adam and Eve in the garden? Are y'all with me? Say amen. 
Look, he's going to prove he's righteous. He's going to prove he's perfect. Number three, or excuse me, number four. Number four. We see the revolt of society. The revolt of society. Two things and then we'll... First is sustained by deception. In other words, he's going to do with all that, those new generations of people. He's going to do to them what he did to Eve in the garden. It's sustained, this revolt is sustained by deception. But it's suppressed by destruction. It will not last long. It will not last long. God is just going to send fire and destroy all of them. What's the point? The point is no matter who you are, you need Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're religious. Doesn't matter if you've gone to church a long time. Doesn't matter how much of the Bible you know. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Look at the next verse. Verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. All right, now understand this. Hell and the lake of fire are two different places. Okay, hell is the temporary holding for all of those who are unrepentant, unredeemed. Until the point of this judgment that we're going to talk about. Okay, does everybody understand that? Shake your head. All right, now, all of those at this time, at this judgment, they will all be taken out of hell to the judgment seat of Christ. All right, does that make sense? Amen. The final destination... Of all the wicked, the final destination of all is the lake of fire. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be... Now watch this now. For all those that believe it, it's called annihilation. People that believe that when a person dies, if they're lost, they're just annihilated. They're just... In other words, they just cease to exist. And they teach this. All right? Watch what it says. The beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented, say it with me, day and night for. Now let the Bible say what the Bible says. Now I'll be honest with you. It would help my feelings to know that there was annihilation. But there's not. And we can't take from the Bible or add to the Bible. Are y'all with me? Now, look what it says, verse 11. And I saw, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Now, at this point, at this point, heaven and earth as we know it will be gone will be obliterated. It's, the Bible says the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
All right, now don't get all tore up. We're going to get a new one. Say amen. As in the next chapter. But here, it's gone. And we're in the throne room and at the great white throne judgment. Now, let me say this again because I don't know if I'm going to run out of time. So I don't want nobody to miss what's going on here. There will be no saints, redeemed people, saved people. There will be no saints judged at this judgment. There are two judgments that we read and study in God's word. The judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. All right? Now say that with me. The. And the. There's two different ones. Okay? All of the saved will be judged at the. Okay, help me now. At the. The judgment seat of Christ. This is called the Bema judgment or the platform. How many of y'all have seen at the Olympics where they stand on the platform and they get their, they get their, their gold medal, but they get their reward. That's what, that's what this represents. The Bema, the platform. We will stand before God. Now, we will not be judged. Now, so let me say this again. At this judgment, we will not be judged for our sins, but for our works. Now, how many of y'all have read the verse that says all of our deeds, all of our, our actions, our good works will go through the fire? Some will come out uh, wood, hay, and stubble. And what's going to happen to wood, hay, and stubble? Burn up. We'll, we'll lose. We'll lose. Some are gold, silver, precious stones. They, they will be purified. We will be rewarded. In other words, everything we do, we don't do for the right reason. Some of y'all are going to get to heaven. You're going to think some of that stuff you did. Oh, yeah, God's going to be happy with that. But you got the glory and not him. And you, that will be your reward. That, that, that pat on the back, that hand clap, whatever it was that you did it. And the reason you did it was to get that. That was your reward. That will be the wood, hay, and stubble that's going to burn up. But those things you did for the glory of God. So that God would get the credit and God would get the honor and the glory. It's going to come out, listen, purified and you will receive a reward. Now I'm going to tell you, I think there's a lot of us going to be ashamed. I said us, I'm including me. I'm including me. So I'm not scared. Thank God I'm not going to be at the great white throne judgment. I'm telling you, I'm scared. Because one day I'm going to have to stand before God and it's going to be revealed. Are y'all with me? But this is the judgment for the saints. Now, what we are reading here is the judgment for the lost. All right, say that with me. It's the judgment for the lost. Now, watch how it's described. I saw a great... Okay. I saw a great white... Stop right there. I saw a great white throne. White represents purity. White represents righteousness, righteous. Now, what are we seeing? Why is it described that way? Because everything that God does here will be righteous and just. Everybody is going to get what's coming to them. Nothing more, nothing less. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away. It's done away. And there was found no place for them. You ain't going to hide. There's no place to hide. There's no cave to get in. 
There's no, there's no house to hide in. There's no way. You're not going to hide from him. And I saw the dead. Now see, these are the people who have been in the grave from the beginning of time throughout the tribulation period and throughout the millennial kingdom. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And it says, and I saw the dead, small and great. What does that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean stature. It means men. In other words, there's going to be kings and homeless people. There's going to be presidents and there's going to be paupers. There's going to be, there's going to be uh, prime ministers. There's going to be dictators. There's just going to be good old boys are going to stand at this judgment. And it says, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, I want you to see this. A, we see the resurrection of sinners. The resurrection of sinners. We see A, the place of judgment. Verse 11. The place of judgment will stand before Christ. Now why is that? Because God has given all judgment unto his son. That makes sense? Say amen. amen. The place of judgment. Then the people of judgment. Small and great. And I'll say this. I'll say this. The good and the bad. What do you mean the good? That's what I said. There's going to be good people at this judgment. But they trusted in their goodness and not in the blood of Christ. Are y'all with me? Listen, the people that's here. Then I want you to see, see the process of judgment. The process of judgment. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time, this is my opinion. All right. So, so I can't can't be dogmatic about this because I disagree with some smart people. And I guess I ought to agree with them because they're smarter than me, but I still disagree with them <clears throat> on this particular, on this particular deal on what these books are. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what they think and what I think, and then you can decide what you think. But if you're saved, it ain't going to really matter. <clears throat> Just glad you ain't there. Now we may be present, but we won't stand in this judgment. It says, it says, and the books were opened, and another book. All right, books. It says, and the books. What, what does it mean when there's an S there? It's plural, right? So there's many books, okay? Were opened, and another book. Book. Singular. Singular, okay? And this book is named. It's the book of life. And the dead... The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural. Okay, now, let me, let me describe it. I only got two minutes, but so listen fast. Let's say over here, there's one big book. Hey, Matt, use your imagination. Use your imagination. All right, an angel is going to look at this book. This book has all the saved folk in it. All the people that are saved, their name is in the Lamb's book of life. Y'all with me? That's what that means. He's going to look up. All right, sir, Joe, you're not here. Then he's going to look at the books. Now, 
And, and like I say, you can disagree. It's fine. And, and I may be wrong. I don't know. But I just, I just believe this. The book's plural, I believe, is the Word of God. I believe it's the Word of God. It's, it's plural. Your Bible is a book of many books. Right? How many? Anybody want to guess? 66 books, right? Plural. Now, the Bible says that we're going to be judged according to his word. In other words, if, if this man is standing here and he, he is lost, then I will look for his name. It is not there. And I can take the word and say, Joe, the word says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joe, you never did that. And the reason that your name is not in this book is because you never. What are you, what are you judged according to? When, you, when you're speeding, when you're speeding, you stand before the judge. You're judged according to the, the law. Listen, if you die without Christ, you're going to be judged according to this law. Now, I, here's the other side of that. Here's the other side of that. Uh, really, really good people, smart people, and they may be right. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you the, the both sides of this. Is they believe the, the books, plural, are all the stuff you did. It's a list. It's a, it's a list of all the stuff you did, and you're going to be judged according to that. Now, that may be so. I don't know. I mean, I, I believe God has a record. I believe God knows what, what, what we have done and what we haven't done, but I still believe that we're going to be judged according to this book. This is what's going to condemn us. God gave us his word, and we rebelled against his word. All right? But either way, this is what's going to happen. You say, well, what's the point? What's the point? I mean, if they're going to hell, they're going to hell. They're going to the lake of fire anyway, so why even have this judgment? Why even bring them up? Why? Because he's righteous. He's righteous. Even a, a murderer who is without question, it's known he's murdered, he's confessed murder, he still gets a he still gets a trial. And not only that, this is what I believe. The Bible says they all shall have their part. Well, we haven't gotten that chapter yet, but I'm just skipping ahead a little bit. That all those in the lake of fire all shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire. What does that mean? I believe everybody will get what's coming to them. I don't believe that, I don't believe that all the lake of fire is the same. I don't believe good old Johnny who never, never smoked, never drank, never dipped, never chewed, never run with those who do. He's just a good old boy, but he never received Christ. He's not going to be in the same section as uh, uh, Saddam Hussein or Hitler. Or whoever. Judas. Are y'all with me? Everybody's going to, how you know? Because what you sow, you're going to. Amen. All right, now let's, let's continue. Let's continue. We see the place of judgment, the people of judgment, the process of judgment. Then we see the penalty of judgment. The penalty, verse 14 and 15. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead. Death, death is the holder of the body. Y'all with me? Death is the holder of the body. Hell is the holder of the soul. When you die, 
your body goes to the what? Grave. All right? Your soul goes to one or two places, heaven or hell. Okay? Now, and it says, And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure which judgment I go to. And what I mean by which judgment I'm going to be judged at. And if you don't know that, you can know that tonight. Let me help everybody. I know, I know we're in the minus, uh, but, but I need you to know this. Before you leave, you might be watching on the internet and, and you may be concerned about this, but you need to understand something. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, we come short of where we need to be to be righteous with God. And no matter what you do, no matter how you live, no matter what good deeds you do, no matter how much you give to the poor, your deeds can never earn your way to heaven. It says there is none righteous, no, not. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It also says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. If you end up in hell, you chose to go. Because God sent his son, his only begotten son, who he loved dearly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved you too. Jesus loves you. He commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you'll say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me tonight. Forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. I acknowledge my sin. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for me. Please forgive me. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how long you've been bad that you think or how much sin you think you've done. Jesus will forgive you and save you tonight. And all God's people say it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you.